0: you knew me like when i was like working class democrat murph mm-hmm. do you do you ever think looking back that me now could have gone back to me then in michael's class and I'd been like hey guess what like you will wave american flags absolutely not you will say hell yeah brother no
1: you will you make would a- have resented that and you would have fought with every fiber <laughs> in your being to prove yourself completely wrong but mm-hmm. like no No, I wouldn't fucking do that. I thought you, oh my God.
0: Yo, what is going on? And welcome to the talk with Murphy Wells. I'm of course him. And welcome to the show that I created in order to talk about business, entrepreneurship, and marketing with people who are creating businesses, creating online brands who are entrepreneurs. And really the goal of this podcast is to tell their story and hopefully get other people to tell their story as well. And today I'm joined by a really good friend, someone who I think I've known for almost two decades. I think we met in ninth grade, possibly earlier. True. True. This guy has a very, very dear place in my heart that can only be described as reserved for a jive turkey. And the fact that he is doing this uh, interview in full grout fit, uh, somewhat blending in with my super neutrally toned couch, it, it, it honestly, anything less would have been unacceptable.
1: Oh, uh, well, I left the jorts at home.
0: <laughs> and if anything, he is famous for wearing a pair of jorts multiple times throughout our high school tenure together. I give you my friend, the CEO of White River Contracting,
1: Matt Vote. How are we doing, everybody? How are you doing? Not too bad. Not no. too bad. Bright lights hurt in your eyes? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. It's about as bright as my future.
0: I think that's the best thing anyone could say about the lighting in this room. Amen. I appreciate that. Well, first of all, thank you for joining us.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: I will admit to being a huge piece of garbage and rescheduling this like three times on you. That's my fault.
1: Well, life happens.
0: Well, 75 hard happens and... Super Bowl happens and I, I'm not gonna lie, like I get you. I had to eat some shitty food last night to make up for the two and a half months of pure unbridled discipline that I have exhibited.
1: Oh, what'd you have? Uh
0: okay. Buffalo chicken dip cost me an arm and a leg. Uh probably about thirty wings. Zach, make some fire wings. Uh unfortunately, like as far as sweets go, there were a plentiful amount of sweets. I I might have gone a little bit overboard with the the Sour Patch Kids watermelon gummies, and also they had like the Nerds rope chewy thing. Like, bro, the inner fat kid in me was going
1: ham. Was that uh, from the actual grocery store, or mm-hmm. was that from Colorado? Or I w- uh,
0: well, I'm if you want to talk about stuff from Colorado, I have like a big dosage of that that we could throw in all of our food. And we'll be drooling for the rest of the week.
1: Nope, I need to function.
0: I made it myself. Oh, fuck. I'll show it to you when we're done.
1: Oh, man, that shit would hit me hard, bud.
0: Uh, so, this guy has known me since I was a dare kid because notoriously in high school, I was not the guy who was so loud and obnoxious about how much weed he smoked or how much Hennessy he enjoyed, which I barely drink these days, as everyone knows. Uh, Or the other thing that I do, which involves going to festivals and partying my face off. I was not that kid. Describe me in high
1: school. Metallica. (laughs) That is just a one word answer. That is, that's him. Yep. I mean, he suggests all the time that he didn't wear shorts, but I've never I owned a pair. I've never owned a pair. You lie. You just cast it from your mind. You don't want to admit you, there it. is no proof <laughs> of me wearing these
0: godforsaken
1: tacky things. I'm going to find a fucking picture.
0: You'll have to like Photoshop a picture because there are
1: none. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, when uh, picture surfaces, it was AI. It's going viral. You're full of shit. Nope. Anywho. <laughs>
0: This guy has had the unbridled pleasure of knowing me since I was that kid. How would you describe yourself in high school? Mm, Fat. Ah, I
1: wouldn't say that. ACDC, shirts, jorts. Um, Then I switched over to wearing boots and jeans with big obnoxious belt buckles. Um, You know.
0: He realizes inner Midwestern country boy. Absolutely. It was like right after high school, too.
1: Families are, well... My dad's from a small town in Illinois and worked on a farm. So, you know, just kind of took advantage of that. And I was like, fuck it. I am what I am and still am complete Hoosier, (laughs) but none the fucking less. (laughs) I uh, played football, track, stuff like that. Obviously wasn't very good because I'm sitting here, you know, no professional athlete, but nonetheless, doesn't mean you weren't
0: good. It just means you didn't go pro.
1: That's my definition of good. A lot
0: of guys go pro for only one year and don't do shit.
1: Hey, but they went pro get that fucking one year contract, baby
0: money. So it's funny because we met, I believe it was in Tim Odie's class who struck out pools. Yeah. Apparently this guy struck out pools, whatever. But we happened to meet in a history class where we just kind of became fast friends and I don't know what it was, but just something about you was friendly. Something about you was just inviting and it it, it started a friendship that spans almost two decades has involved us working together, living together, um, talking about doing other projects together. What do you think it was that made us like friends back in the day?
1: We're just easy going. We're good people. And a lot of people say that, but to actually live it, I feel are two different things. I mean, it, to be quite frank, I don't say a lot of bad things about a lot of people. And if I do, they deserve it. But openly did we were cut from the same cloth
2: mm-hmm.
1: same type of family same type of childhood essentially and we were just decent people mm-hmm. that had common interests we both wore
0: george no we didn't we both
1: wore band t-shirts you that know
0: okay that part's true
1: um and i really i think what really catapulted it was man journalism that was fucking fun <laughs>
0: I think that is probably the thing because by senior year, you kind of know who you are and kind of know who you aren't. And it was funny because when we met, I didn't really have like a stable group of friends. Mm -hmm. I was all about like hanging out with kids who like either went to Oakville or went to Fox, which the Fox thing was just because my birth father lived in Arnold, which tells you a lot, but otherwise, (laughs) sorry, Arnold, it's just true. But otherwise, like at Melville, it was just kind of hard for me to relate to anybody. I don't know what it was, but I think it was just because most people were trying to like fit in and be cool. And I think that was never my bag. And like, you were one of those people who never made me feel pressured to fit in. And don't get me wrong. Like I had Amanda, if you watch any of this, which I don't think you do, you were my friend since a much longer time before then. But like, obviously people had
1: groups and clicks and stuff. And I wasn't really that kind of guy. Well, that's also something that helped us out. I mean, even now I feel like we're not just stuck in one element of, you know, the social aspect of our lives. We can span as far as we want to. A mm-hmm. lot of people don't do that. A mm-hmm. lot of people, oh, you're a jack, You stay there.
0: Who do you think looking back, because obviously what I've started doing with my Instagram is, unfortunately, I talk about a lot of current events and politics. And as a kid, I was definitely not even as down the middle as I am now. Like you knew me like when I was like working class Democrat Murph. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you ever think looking back that me now could have gone back to me then in Michael's class and would have been like, Hey, guess what? Like you will wave American
1: flags. Absolutely not. You will say hell yeah, brother. No, you will. You make would a- have resented that. And you would have fought with every fiber <laughs> in your being to prove yourself completely wrong. You'd be mm-hmm. like, no, no, I wouldn't fucking do that. I thought about it? you. Oh my God. I thought patriotism was corny back then. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. You would have not a fucking chance, dude. <laughs> not a fucking chance. I'm thinking of every situation, playing it out in my head. I'm like, "Well, could you have? No, not a fucking chance." But it's it's
0: I think what that allowed me and possibly even you to do because a lot of our trajectories in life went the same direction was it gave me a thirst for what the truth was because it was when I got into like the early adult years of like trying to figure out what my life was, I was I said I was going to do everything from being a doctor to being mm-hmm. a psychiatrist, which is still a medical doctor to being a lawyer to being like a college professor. But like the first thing I ever said I was going to do was I was going to be a journalist, but Thousand percent, there were two things that held me back. Number one, I couldn't get into Mizzou, which I might be a somewhat intelligent human being, But like I am not academics like show me your 4.0 smart by any means whatsoever to the point where I couldn't even get into University of Missouri with my ACT score. I got like a 20 trash. And also like the idea of establishment journalists is they don't make money. And if you do, you have to sell out your soul to like the New York Times. Oh, yeah. Which I learned later on in life. I'm like, that's a lot of work to chase stories I don't care about. And now, obviously, I've done a lot of things with my own media, which in the podcast generation Hell yes. When you think about that time in journalism, specifically for you, how do you think that's impacted you today?
1: Well, one specific example, I did a story on spring break and it didn't get published, but it did essentially what I did was I just wrote what the students would want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was talking about praying to the porcelain god, us drinking. I, I didn't mention alcohol at all, but the way I phrased everything, everybody knew exactly what I was been talking about. And my teacher, <laughs> Meckel, looked at me and she goes, No, we can't. I'm like, Is it not supposed to be about exactly what we're doing on a spring break? Or do you just want me to publish something that's false?
0: Mm-hmm. Or something that's politically correct?
1: Yeah. They said no. I still have that. The pictures I sent you the other day. Or
0: yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: This, that story was in there. Yeah. It was gold, dude. I still, I, it was such a good, true piece. Of, yeah. Underage drinking on spring break, coming out of high school. It fucking happens. Get over it. People. <laughs> I wanted to fucking talk about it. Cause that's the truth. <laughs> Everyone was going to have a shit storm. Good time. Right. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Why can't we talk? I get why we can't talk about it, but nonetheless, the fucking bomb story and that just proved a point to me that i wasn't gonna be able to follow rules man
0: it, it's funny because like they they would tell you like the stuff that you would like get sent home from school for or you would get suspended for and people would still do it like if you bring to if you bring any kind of tobacco product or nicotine product onto school property you're getting, you're getting iss for two weeks mm-hmm. well literally they know everyone wanted to go to iss
1: exactly i never
0: got one i never got an iss and i wish i would have but well, yeah, you were a fucking goody two shoe. I was a goody two shoes, but at the same time, like all your rules never mattered in Melville because there would still be people who would be smoking cigarettes in the stalls of the boys room upstairs that didn't have fucking doors. Like no one was scared to get in trouble. Great at Melville. song.
1: Great song. <laughs> I'm glad that's what you got out of it. Amen. <laughs> fuck the government. Fuck the establishment.
0: Truth. Motley Crew. Yeah. I will say this though. It, uh, looking back, it kind of like the indoctrination of public schools. It was funny because, like in some of our history classes, we got a little older. I think like it was our junior class. They started like turning us on to the news. You remember what they would turn us on to? No, they'd turn on CNN student oh, news yeah, with Carla right.
1: Zeus. Yeah, you're right. You remember Carla damn. Zeus? Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. Holy shit! You damn kids.
0: It kind of bothers me in retrospect because as we got older, we learned just how much of a lie, especially. Bias news like CNN is. And for those of you who listen to this podcast and you want to get something for the business and the entrepreneurship side, you have to realize that, like, a lot of my views were skewed by entrepreneurship. That, like, guess what? A lot of the narrative that pumps through the legacy media is not necessarily friendly to those who want to do small business. Thanks. But we have to go a little bit deeper in time to where our stories divert to where they eventually got back together or come back together, rather. Yes. Because from the time that I left St. Louis in 2013 to the time where I decided to move back in 2019, I went through the process of actually becoming the Murph that everyone would know. And some would love and some would fear and most would despise over that span of six years. And you kind of had a bird's eye view from a ways away. Like you knew everything mm-hmm. that was going on with me. Oh, yeah. what, what, what did you think of my journey as I started to party really hard and I got incredibly fat, and obviously I, I was partying with much harder stuff than beer, which is all I was doing when we left high school. What did you think about the transformation of Murph down
1: the dark side of that mm, time? I didn't see it coming. Um, I can say that the overall general thought I had was, well, this is going to end up real fucking bad. And that I just kind of left at a point like that. And it, To your credit, here you are. Mm -hmm. You turned it around. Not a lot of people fucking go that route and do a complete 360 and fucking hightail it back the other way.
0: It took a lot of humility, man. And I think the part of it that helped was I actually, I sat here with someone who I grew up with before I went to the Melville School District and I had let him know that a lot of the things that I thought about a lot of the insecurities I fought off when I went down that dark path was this was one of the guys who was a little bit older than me in the condo, the condo area that I lived in the condominiums that I lived in right. and uh, he would often give me a hard time and like as I as I got older you know I was always seen as the goody two-shoes kid I was always the guy who it was easy to get a reaction out of and I didn't want to be that. And so I thought that becoming the bad guy was like the only cure for that, which I couldn't have been more wrong. And I, I kept up with you mostly because I have seen you as like that really good dude from those few classes we had to go. We even had like film analysis together. Didn't we? Yep. One of my, probably my favorite class Fuck all yeah. of high school. Easily.
1: I just Easily. watched, I watched Memento again the other day. Until I was made the fucking gym teacher.
0: <laughs> hey he mm. called me danger
1: oh yeah <laughs> that was good shit buddy. you
0: ever saw a million dollar baby i'm danger <laughs> apparently i'm jay burr character oh, and it's funny because now i do like muay thai and jujitsu and i actually hit him up i'm like hey yo, bill you still want to tell some jokes
1: dog that's hilarious but oh shit
0: i remember that like from that whole time that i just felt like you were still kind of cheering me on and i saw what you had been doing with s2 and you were more active on social media than I was at the time. Mm-hmm. Talk about like what after high school was like for you and how you started
1: to build the skills in the industry you're in now. Dude, I think for me after high school, I was never, I tried college. I tried to go to Merrimack. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a physical therapist actually. And I got really deflated because I didn't think I could do college. Like I was never math. Well, math was my weak point. However, just school, man, it never worked for me. Mm-hmm. And so many people have that same experience and they think that they have to settle, right? Mm-hmm. Just find something you actually like to do. Right?
0: Or their parents guilt them.
1: Oh, yeah. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. And the uh, nice thing is, I have very blue collar parents to where they. They cared about how I was and how I was doing. They didn't care necessarily about a college education as long as I had a plan and I can prove that it was established and that I wasn't going to give up on it until it worked. So fast forward, I left Merrimack, went through a few different jobs here and there, landed at S2 because one Kyle Combs approached me at a gym asked me to come. Well, he asked me to work out with him and then I ended up coming in for interviews and it just led the first form. And then it all ends with just helping people and changing people's lives, which I think going back to Meckles class, you know, and how we were and how, what we talked about earlier, me and you don't shut people down. We (laughs) let people prove themselves for right or wrong for better or worse for exactly for better or for worse we let people prove themselves and either they're going to work our way deeper into our lives or farther out Mm -hmm. that's on them i'm not gonna cut anyone off Mm -hmm. unless they do something so bad that there's no turn back right yeah but i'm gonna give everyone a chance like when you called me and asked me about first form, i said well (laughs) here's the deal you're going to work harder than you've ever worked and you're not going to make a lot of money. Right? I
0: remember this. I not even just the phone call. I remember us meeting at B dubs. Uh-huh. I my no one even knew I came into town. I drove my beat up little Honda, the trapmobile, And I had been working like three separate like service industry jobs at the time. And it was like 2019, the summer of 2019. And I realized so hard that I'd hit my ceiling in Springfield. Oh yeah. It, it was, it's not hard to do that. Because if you're looking for something conventional, like you might have a decently, it's, it's, it's still mediocre, but it's like a decently high ceiling for
1: yourself there. I think you hit the top of the character you were playing. And, and that sounds like Jim Carrey-ish. Eh, eh. But as we evolve into different people.
0: I, I couldn't see myself being truly happy there, though. Exactly. That was my ceiling because I was like, yep. well, what do I want to do? I was like, I want to do stuff in fitness and I want to work with social media. I was like, you're a guy who does stuff with fitness and social media. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling you, I was standing outside, uh, my homie who went away for a few years. I was standing outside of his new house, which was in not a great area of Springfield. I lived there for one month total. And I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about getting my NASM certification. What's it take to work there? And mind you, I had worked, I had trained at the original S2. With Wes, right? With Wes Osborne. And I did not do a great job because I just, I don't think I'm built for retail in general. That's not right. who I am. And I'm good at it, bud. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can just fucking
1: talk. It's later. like, I can
0: serve tables, but I can't serve someone a product like that.
1: Weird. No, I think you can. I think it just has to be something, not saying you didn't believe in the products, but it has to be more than just a product for you. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be, a mission statement and a belief that you can actually 100% get behind. And that's no fault of your own. Maybe it wasn't explained to you mm. and given you properly, which isn't a knock on West. It's a knock on nobody, but there's a lot to work at that particular job
0: at that particular location.
1: Yeah. You have to be a hundred percent in which I was not. And it has to be given to you the proper way. No bones about it. You can't sugarcoat what the job is going to be. No. You're going to do A to get B to get C, right? And that's it. And everything has to be given 100% on both ends. And I think if it was given to you properly and you would have dialed it in, then there's no fucking doubt you could kill it. I mean, look what you did in the Legionnaire program, right? Yeah. But all the
0: same. I, I, the point you made about being all in is the real point of it. And I've talked to a lot of people who have come and go from those companies and the ones who leave on good terms, they understand, like, if you didn't make the effort to meet them, what halfway is, you will not get what you want out of, whether you're a legionnaire or a formal employee or a remote employee. You also have to remember what they're bringing to the table at the halfway point is all this, all these years of doing things the hard way, all the years of the blue collar spirit, which I loved because, again, I was still a little bit leftist when I moved back. And, guys, there's nothing wrong with being a Democrat. There's nothing wrong with being a liberal. The, the word leftist is something that has gained kind of an ugly connotation, and it usually means more radical progressive. Mm-hmm. And I was still coming out of that that thought process that said, just because America had faults, I thought it was like the most ugly thing possible. But But that's what gets marketed to you at a big state school. Absolutely. Even if it's in the Bible Belt, it's mm-hmm. still that is what the heart of those universities run off of, which sucks. And when I came back, it was like, everything was different. It didn't matter what your degree was. It didn't matter that I was a convicted felon for drug possession. It didn't matter. I only had like 200 bucks to my name. It didn't matter. I was sleeping on my parents' floor. It didn't matter that I only got the job because I fucking knew you. It doesn't. That Mm -hmm. was what was so great about learning about meritocracy and what working for Andy, Mm -hmm. I think gave the both of us because you came from a situation where you had been working at the railroads, mm-hmm. which is incredibly blue collar, incredibly hard backbreaking work.
1: Yep. Talk about what that gave you. Honestly, the best thing I could take away from it is that holy shit, those guys that did it before us that actually built this country even though they were slaves, right? Just to point out the obvious. However, it that is some grueling grueling work and just to go off script here for a second. Yeah. If this country wants to succeed,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it better wrap its mind around the idea that trades need to come back. Yeah. And the more I see people getting pushed towards psychology degrees, liberal arts, liberal arts, all this bullshit English. Where are you guys going to practice this? Because yeah. unless there's people doing trades, you're not going to be able to do it. Right. hmm. But to go back with what you're saying, I learned that the trades, the railroad, is what built this country. To keep it plain and simple. And without that, we wouldn't have a country. True. And more people shit on trades now more than ever. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for me. I mean, although I am doing contracting, the railroad didn't work out for me. I really loved the idea of it until I figured out that I was going to have to spend so much time away from my family, my friends, your body would take a beating. Oh yeah. And it's not even so much that for me because I think that good hard work is literally what helps us live longer for better, for worse, aching bones, aching muscles. But I know farmers in my family that are 90 plus years old, that are still spry and just going, man. Yep. But I know other people who are in their 40s that can barely move, right? Nobody I'm has a standard anymore.
0: In my 30s and I can barely
1: well, move. Yeah, fucking Muay Thai and all that shit. Yeah. Do. But, you know, that also fucking keeps you going. Yeah. Um, it's work I enjoy doing. Exactly. And, but for the railroad, I think the when I realized I couldn't see my family when I wanted to it just kind of stung and not necessarily that I have to see him every day because I don't see my family a lot. I don't do a lot with friends right now. I'm so locked in on my company and my future projects, but it's the convenience, man. It's the convenience of knowing they're right next door. I could be like, Hey Murph having a shit day. You want to go get a beer? Yeah. You know what I mean? Situation like that. So I learned a lot of good things from the railroad, but all in, in turn, I realized that, uh, I really want to fucking help people, man, which is honestly what led me to ask, too. After talking to Kyle, I could see how many lives I could fucking change, and when I realized that, and I actually felt that actually working in the store, that's some life-changing stuff. Did you ever feel that when you were working at First Form?
0: Uh, yeah, and it started in the warehouse because I—I I, you've known me for a long time, and oh, if, yeah. if there's anyone who could sit there and co-sign, like, yeah, this one guy... This guy's one skill set is written and verbal communication. It was when they put me on solutions. <laughs> so many people like the thing about solutions. It was like the intermediary between customer service and the warehouse. We were basically their feet on the ground, and also it allowed me to they really build a relationship with people like Cody as well. True. The, the the part of it was like we would do little things, just like send people like little, which places like Sweet Str- Sweetwater are doing now, which is awesome. And uh or street water, I forget what it is, but we would just send like a little video message saying, Hey, it's so and so at first form, your package is on the way. You know, we made sure to do everything especially mm-hmm. right. The the fact is like people would send you like notes crying. And I remember Andy one day put uh on his story that there was a kid, some some folks who were legionnaires and arte folk, they, their kid had been sick, and his name was Mikey. Mikey likes Star Wars, and I got in contact with them and uh uh, that next day, I went out and bought him a little Darth Vader action figure, and I sent it to him.
1: That that shit right there, dude. Yeah, and Andy, that's what makes the difference.
0: Andy pulled me aside. He goes, "You did something for that kid, didn't you?" I'm like, "You don't
2: know that, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you
1: know, boy, you don't know that, and, exactly."
0: But the thing, he he pulled me aside, and he was like, he was just like, "Dude, you know, I know you're in the warehouse. You don't make a whole lot of money. We're making twelve dollars an hour, guys." Like what he said to me at this little meeting at BDOs. I called you up one day. I'm like, "Yo, I'm about to get certified." And you took me through the phone call, but I met with you and you're like, all right, well, cool. Like, Hey, and also not only is this a job where you have to wake up at 4am to be there at 5am to work until 2pm where you're only making $12 an hour. And like, it's really tough and it's really yeah. hard. Can't wait for black Friday, which was one of the most grueling Ooh. experiences of my life. And it was all that, but he was also like, Hey, you know, like I got a place where you can stay. Cause I'm sure you don't want to stay with your folks that long. And it's going to be really cool. There's two other guys. Um, we're going to have a great time. And I was like, dude, this sounds like what I want, what I need, because I had become so used to what my circumstances were in Springfield that anything sounded better. And Mm -hmm. I had said for all six years of me living there, there is no fucking way I will move back to St. Louis. Well, son of a bitch. You did. I moved back to St. Louis. Mm
1: -hmm. How do you feel about it?
0: I hate myself a little bit more every single day. Um, (laughs) I mean, dude, it's just, it's one of those things that there's like the legend of people who never leave St. Louis. Oh yeah. And like, there's nothing wrong with being here, but I think for the people who have lived here their whole lives, there's a lot of things that are very great about being here. Mm -hmm. Our cost of living is incredible. The fact that if you like seasons, we get all four of them to rapid extremes. Ooh. Like our, our, our winters and our summers are no joke and our falls and our springs are very short. Um, I think as far as a citywide pride, it's hard to find people who are as proud as St. Louisans. That is huge. It's hard to find people as tough as St. Louisans. And it's not just cause we come from the quote, most dangerous city in the United States. It's that we are blue collar. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, the, the, the quote unquote, I watched this thing on CNBC the other day and they're like, Well, the two most significant places of St. Louis are the working class North County and the more affluent West County. And that's the exact look I said, because I'm like, so y'all are going to count out South City and South County. You're not talking about St. Louis. You're talking about North County and you're talking about like Ladue. Yeah, exactly. When you think about what St. Louis
2: means to you, though, what does St. Louis mean to you? Home.
1: Stability community and community is the biggest thing. And I mean, it, it's a product of how we are, who we are and what we can become. And if we did our jobs right, we can be as big as we want to. Right. And I think because the community that I grew within first form Mm -hmm. and S2 and at the railroad, and just because who I am as a person, it really backed me when I started my business, right? Mm-hmm. I've had so many customers from First Form S2, dude. Okay. It's helped me grow my company tenfold, right? Which is amazing. But that speaks to us as people and how we treated those people around us, right? But it also speaks more to where we live in the community we're in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, the, really, the big thing when I think of St. Louis community, and I think that's why First Form has "From the Lou and We're Proud." Right? It means something. I don't know if you can go to any other state or any other local city and feel that kind of pride, or maybe that community. And I could be wrong. You know, I I lived in Florida for eight months. I didn't feel that there. Maybe I need to live there longer. But
0: you, you were by Jacksonville, correct?
1: Uh, I was all over, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, My home base was Orlando, which, tourist trap. Yeah. But. EDC, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Lou, that's fucking special, dude. It's crazy. And I, you know, we have deep history in St. Louis. We were the city. gateway were the West. Winter Olympics. First one. Right. Mm-hmm. We've had a major league soccer team. Oh. We now we finally got back. Second
0: most winningest a baseball franchise in MLB history. Mm -hmm.
1: We had small market. We had an NBA team.
0: We did. And also they beat the Bill Russell Celtics.
1: Mm -hmm. Those were,
0: that was the St. Louis Hawks team. Bob Pettit. One of the baddest dudes ever played power forward.
1: Learned all this in journalism. Did a nice St. Louis sports history piece. We got a Stanley cup. Amen. Which we have not shut up about. Nope. To this day. Fuck no. We're (laughs) going to keep talking about it, bud.
0: And the Rams while they were here, even though I hated them like my whole life, I just couldn't stand that team for any reason. They did go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls and did win one. Yep. You know, with Kurt Warner. Good job, Tom Brady. had to go and ruin it. Yep. But as far as citywide pride, it's, I've always said that like St. Louis is like a conglomeration of like the best and worst parts of Chicago, Memphis, and New Orleans. Yep, you have that big metropolitan sports city feel that is Midwestern of Chicago. It's very dangerous, like all three of those places. Yeah. You can get kind of. It, some people consider like Missouri the South, which I don't at all. We are the belly button of the United States. We were the we were technically
1: a Southern state. Yeah, but that's a long time ago. Oh, well, I'm just saying. But that's but that
0: same kind of like that same kind of dirty South feeling, like dirty entertainment, like Nelly style music. Yeah. There's a lot of vibe that, like, to me, it reminds me a lot of Memphis. Oh, for sure. As far as food styles here, we are relatively known for a barbecue. Fuck yeah, we are. It might be pork, pork steaks, which... That's fair. If you've never had a pork steak just once, and you'll know exactly if they're for you or for not. They, I've had a lot of pork steaks in my day. They're bomb. And then when you look at... And someone fought me on this on Instagram. When you look at the French influence, like, we are like the little cousin of New Orleans. Right, And they're like, there's nothing French about St. Louis. I'm like, do you not know <laughs> that this state was part of the Louisiana Purchase? Mm-hmm. Who owned the Louisiana Purchase? Who did we buy that from? Brand. Napoleon Bonaparte. That motherfucker. He invaded Russia. Now look at them now.
1: <laughs> yeah, didn't work out.
0: But I mean, that's kind of the thing that's always stood out to me about St. Louis. And I know that like working for Andy... I mean, as far as entrepreneurs that go from not just St. Louis, but Missouri in general, like what is the impact of like Andy been on you to me? It's, I can't even describe it in words.
1: No, no, you really, dude, you can't describe it in words. Honestly, I knew one thing very quickly, either I was going to be all in at -hmm. that job Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life, or I was going to be an entrepreneur. That's what it makes there. They make entrepreneurs with the value they give, or they make lifelong employees. Entrepreneurs. Yeah, exactly. One or the other. And being an entrepreneur can be just as great and way less of a headache. But unfortunately for me, it's like Meckles class, I don't follow rules very well.
0: I don't even know if it's that you don't follow rules. I think it's you're like me and it's like you, have your mind made up about what you're gonna do, and even if you see the benefit of doing things other people's way,
1: mm. you're like, "I'm still the stubborn little shit who's gonna prove you wrong." Yeah, that's fair. That's exactly it, and it always works out in my favor most of the time. Sixty <laughs> percent
0: of the time, it works and every then, time. You're
1: damn right. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Sex Panther. Um, but dude, it what he gave me was absolutely unbelievable. As far as a mindset, as far as knowledge, everything he gave me is unexplainable. Just kind of like you said, I mean, I took care of it. I maintained his farm for four years while I was there. Mm-hmm. And it was my <laughs> Brian teach said, hey, you want to do this? I'm like, yep. And it's like, all right, fine people. I'm like, shit. You I'm brought like, me out so there one time. Talk about stress. I would, I'd get off a 12 hour shift. and I'd be like, BMO, we got to go to the farm, bro. I'm like, we got to get this shit done. Not that he would ever go out there Mm -hmm. because he rarely went out there because he's so busy all the time. But man, he went out there and there was one blade of grass wrong, man. You gotta know about it. But rightfully so. Yeah. He had a standard. He knew the standard. I knew the standard. We had to get it right. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Standards are important though. I mean, if there's one thing you learn from Andy, it's how you do one thing is how you do everything.
1: Absolutely. And I'm really big on, on standards, which we, which you know, and I mean, so are you. That's why we both look the way we do now compared to what we used to look like, and <laughs> and that's why we, you know, how long did it take you? How many intros did you do setting this thing up? Four, I think. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I had why? fun
0: because to me it was like the truth is, guys, like the the intro is probably going to change episodically. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like I want it to. I, I'm. This is one of those things that like has led me into like copywriting. Is I feel like I understand how words are supposed to flow. And how ideas are supposed to be conveyed, and if I don't get it out correctly, it's gonna bother the piss out of you. But like, just know that I'm probably gonna change it every episode. Hey, but well, you know what? That's new.
1: That's catchy. It's, it's cool. It's something. You know, it's your thing. Yeah. It. Fuck it. Yeah. Because who really cares? And I,
0: living with you was really interesting. Oh, I bet. I mean, it, it, living with all those guys was interesting. Some. I enjoyed more than others. Yeah. Your fucking
1: dog. Yeah. What a shithead. I know. No pun intended. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> clarify on this.
0: What I, what I really appreciated living with you, which is funny cause we're in my house now. Um, it was, it was just kind of cool because like you, you were kind of a role model for me in, in, in certain spaces. You know, you. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, I mean, no, I never I'm said really you were a good sorry. one. I never said you were a good one. No but you, you were that little bit ahead on me on life, where I really needed someone to make it real. And I think when you work for Andy's companies, especially people who come into S two, they want to lose weight, right? And most people think of like the fitness industry as being like a really judgment heavy zone where everyone's really, really egotistical. But that's why Andy created the companies that mm-hmm. he did, and why the missions are get people results, real results, thousand percent. I had seen that like college didn't work for you. College didn't work for me. What you were doing didn't make you happy. What I was doing didn't make me happy. You had done S2 and then you had done really well out there. You went to first form. I tried to do S2, but I was like, maybe I'm better better suited off just back in St. Louis. And it was like seeing you buy your house, seeing you make sure that it was like fixed up. And it was the way you wanted it to be moved into before we got in there. It just, it kind of was that early just sentiment of if this guy's going to do all that to make this place livable for us, there's definitely more to being good at your job than how much money you make or the title that you hold, or if you have a salary or whatever. And you breaking off to do your thing, you broke off right as we moved into the new building. It was June of 2020. Correct. I was super excited, but I could tell you wanted to do different things. yep When you think about starting your business and you think about the jump. I remember it was a year ago this month that I made the jump to doing my business full time where I left first form.
1: Talk about the feelings involved in that. I didn't second guess it. You really didn't. Nope. Kids all in. You can't, if you do, you shouldn't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just my thought on it. I have no feeling that I will ever fail. And if I do, I do then I restart. Right. Or our, what's the worst thing? I go back to another W2 job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So what people get fired every day and then they go W2, W2, W, right. I'm not worried about failure. I can't let that distract me. I have no other option, right? Zero options mentality. When I left, I knew I was done game over. I left on great terms. Mm-hmm. Still, that's why the community supports me. However, when I knew I was done, it was so clean cut and just done in my head. I never looked back, man. And it's crazy, and I don't think I've ever even thought about that how clean cut it was for me when I did it. And now that I say that out loud, I'm like, oh shit! I really just kind of just dove in and said, "Fuck it." Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Now that I put that out there, I'm. That's crazy, but I think that's how you have to look at it because if you don't look at it that way, you're going to fail. You give yourself an ounce, you're going to take a mile, right? So look at it this way. When you get up for work in the morning or you want to go work out in the morning. You're way better about a.m. workouts than I am. Oh, dude. Well, because Murph, if I know if I don't get up and do it, I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. after work, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to do it in the morning because if I don't do it in the morning, I'm never going to do it. And then I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) Not in everyone else's eyes, but in my own eyes. Yeah, Because I know I can be better than missing a workout. If there's an off day, there's an off day. But I have to hold myself to a certain standard. And for me, it's a very slippery slope. And a lot of people can't admit that about themselves or they refuse to admit it. But I suck. I am that person. I'll take a mile, man. I'm fucking lazy. I hate working. I hate working out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to eat clean. Mm. I can eat McDonald's french fries every fucking day. Your
0: ass would put pizza and wontons in a
1: Tupperware and call it meal prep. Exactly. He didn't deny it. it. No, it's fact. I am one <laughs> one bad move away from reverting, right? You know what I mean?
0: Yet I could never get you to blaze out with me. This man took one dab and he slept for like a whole day. Yeah, he fucked me up. He set me up. Don't do You want to take a dab while you're here? No. Please.
1: No. Badge. Get a blunt. No. At no. That's a. That's a sweet. Come on.
0: What's what is this down here? Uh, Eggs, uh, death. We now return from this message from our sponsor. I'm just saying. You boys that's stay a- strapped. <clears throat> Next, next time, next time. Yeah, that's been next time for five years, motherfucker. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, that's because you fucked me up that one time. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And all that being said, all jokes aside, it's been it's been really cool to see because not only are you doing your thing, but T Swift or is it T Pain? Oh, T Pain. She's T Pain. Tis a pain. Mm. She's doing her thing with the cookies. Yep. You've you brought me in to do, and this is before I had the equipment that I have now. But you brought me into do some of your projects, white river. Mm -hmm. When you think about the, what you really, what, what is the next step of your business look like there? Like what is the next level for you on that? Because I think something that would be really cool. You asked me what I, I think the future is of you and your trajectory. And I would love it to see you take your ingenuity for the blue collar arts, the trades, things like contracting, things like building things, being good with your hands, mechanically sound. I would love to see you influence the next generation, like the Zoomers and the Alphas, on Mm -hmm. how to do that. But what is that next level for you? It's up in the air. Still to be determined? Yep. What would you like it to be?
1: All I care about is helping people. That's what I care about. If there's one thing that when people listen to this back, there's one thing they will figure out is that I just want to help people fucking win. That's it. You come in back to first form. I don't give a shit what your fucking past was there. (laughs) Come back. Come on. Here's, here's what it's going to be. Prove me right or prove me wrong. Right. Come in, do the job. And you fucking catapulted your life. Taylor. She left fucking doing property management. This is her second company. Mm -hmm. Killing it. Right. I know so many people that are doing such great things. And I just want to see them all fucking win, man. That that's all I care about. Whether it's contracting, whether it's, it, it could be so many things. I'm so drawn back towards fitness right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to get in that space again. I don't know how I haven't made a decision on anything, but I, one thing I do know is my future is I want to figure out a way To wholeheartedly spread the good word and just help as many people as I can, Mm -hmm. whether that just be a nonchalant phone call, like this person stressing out and they want to call me, but like, I can help you do this, this, and this, what do you need? Like I'll help them, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever it may be. I just want to freaking help people, man.
0: I guess worth mentioning then is that before even my time at first form, a big piece of you loving fitness is that you've actually competed in men's physique. Correct. You took first to pink muscle, 2019, 2018,
2: uh, 18, I believe. How tough was that? It wasn't simple
1: with the right mindset. Anything is simple, challenging. Yes. But when you have the right mindset, anything can seem simple, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, I'm portraying it differently than how other people see it. Cause everyone says it's such a burden, but when you're locked in on 75 hard, right. It's no option mentality, right? You're there. You're gonna. You got to do this, this, and this no offense, buts. that's mm-hmm. what I had to do for show prep.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm the one that put myself through it. And I remember specifically, I was working with, I think Reed Glenser, Rick Webb, Kyle, Adam Schaefer, and some of the other guys, we were all at the S2 South County location, and you know, Rick Webb specifically, Dick Rick. he always gave me fucking shit for I said I was going to do a show, I said I was going to do Pink Muscle Fest, I didn't do it. Fast forward, he gets rehired, and I'm like, I'm going to do Pink Muscle Fest. And he's like, yeah, I remember when you said that like five years ago, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. All right, thank you, Rick. Now it's time for me to prove you wrong.
0: Great guy though.
1: Oh yeah. Fucking love Amazing him. Amazing human being. Absolutely great. Shout out Jimmy
0: Buffett. <laughs> R.I.P. with that, I asked specifically about the paint muscle thing because it is one of the things that you and I spitball back and forth is your content, the direction you want to take it in, projects you want to invest in. Like it's it's usually the thing that connects me to anyone who I podcast with, whether right. it's my show or anyone else's. And with that, I, I you know, it was sitting here on this show is what caused the Zach and Pat show to be born. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that like, I am some all great inspirer or I'm someone who creates this shit out of thin air. But what I care about is, you know, helping people tell their story and Mm I maybe giving it a direction to go in. Do you think that maybe competing again or competing long term might be the lane for you to start helping
1: more people? I think that, I may compete again. I'm not sure. But one thing I do know is I will never do it unless I'm all in. Because what what's it worth if I don't, right? Same with somebody doing 75 hard. You know, I want to be, I will never say, hey, I'm just going to do it in half acid. It. It's either all or nothing. So I think I definitely will. And I want to record that journey as I go through that journey. And kudos to you for being able to do this. And. You, Murph, you are an inspiration to people.
2: Mm.
1: You really are. And I mean, it, what you've went through and who you've become, you know, you say that I helped you, but you've also helped me tremendously. Mm. You're helping me build what I could become, right? That's huge. You're helping me see things that I can't see. And obviously, I value that because I'm blinded. About what I can or can't do, right
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so to have that at my side is tremendous it's a tremendous value, and I think you supply that to a lot of people because I don't think a lot of people would even think about doing podcasts without you your knowledge i
0: and I learned it all on the spot like mm-hmm. i'm not I don't think I'm particularly great at much, and I've always been almost humble to a fault, like there's the things that I know I'm good at. I'll outsmoke just about anybody. Well, Nelson. Uh, and he's got time on his side, man. His lungs are probably like battle tested, but we'll wow. see. But that aside, I, I mean, cause the, 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 and I appreciate that. It's good to know that I inspire people, but I've never wanted. That's not true. I've long since tried to abandon the idea of being this guy who just says things without, the merits to back it up. And I think when I was in college, especially before I turned my life around, that's exactly who I was. And like I told you, like I told the guy who I sat here with and you watch this, Alex, I hope you're doing well. um, I will always see myself as that really sensitive little kid who people made fun of people fucked with people got a rise out of it's an insecurity of mine is feeling helpless And whereas back in the day, I used to really focus on how can I selfishly make myself feel better. Get Jack like me. I'm just kidding. I'm not Jack. (laughs) More importantly, (laughs) I I just kind of want to be the hero of my own story, man. And you know when I tell you things like let's podcast, the one thing I don't want anyone to do is just create a podcast. For no good fucking reason. Because the only reason you want one is to say you have one. It's for your Mm -hmm. fucking ego. Exactly. I bring you on and I want to have a good in-depth conversation with a good friend who I think has something to offer people who can even illuminate the things about me that maybe I'm scared to talk Mm -hmm. about. And you know, you would ask me like, hey, where do you see my stuff going? To even get asked that question by someone who has seen me throughout my whole life.
1: It fills me with a lot of faith that I'm doing the right thing. That's because you've seen so much growth in me personally. Yeah. That. You are one of the very few people that can see my traits, but the ebbs and flows of who I am and who I was. Mm-hmm. And you have a better idea you say you're not qualified, but I'd say you're one of the more qualified because you've seen all the distinctions of me. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that makes you super qualified, but you continue on.
0: Well, I, I, I pose the question to you then, where do you see me going? And Again, if there's someone who's seen my trajectory, I mean, you've known me since there, there's a change I've gone through that not many people go through. And that's how people address me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's I something that took that's... you a little while to get used to. I bet. But what do you think? I mean, and I think it's interesting to say because I, me and Zach, I hear you think I should start a podcast? I was like, yeah, you should. Well, we're about 20 episodes in now. Mm-hmm. It's true. What do you
1: think. For you? Sure. Oh, dude, it's easy. You're going to be a personality. I got multiple. As simple, exactly, <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. But seriously, that is you're you are through and through a people person. You have the ability, love or hate, doesn't matter. A throw, lot of hate. Throw that out the window, right? <laughs> well, you used to be a liberal, you know, you fucking hated me at one point too, right? Yeah, you cocky pro American dick. I know. God bless America, <laughs> America. But it throw all the all that other bullshit out the fucking window, and at your core. You're a people person. Mm. You can dissect and reflect with a lot of different people. And that's missing in America right now. Yeah. If we got into a conversation in politics, it would be pros, cons, not very much argument, if mm. any, right? Yeah, it's
0: Where's the middle ground? Where can we, where can we say mm-hmm. we're the plain hard facts?
1: Why are you wrong? Why am I wrong? Can what we can swap we agree opinions? On? Yeah. If we can, fuck yeah. Thanks for teaching me something new. People can't do that anymore. Mm. But you can. And with your platform, you're growing. And how you are, who the fuck you are. But with that being said, with you holding your opinion, but still valuing others, that's the quality. Because a lot of people have a strong opinion, but they don't respect others. You are not like that. Mm. You get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah.
1: So you have your strong opinion, but you can still accept others if they prove a valid point. Yeah. That's what America needs. Mm. I like that. That's what society needs. If we had more of that, we wouldn't have any fucking issues. You know, this may be one thing that's bothered me. And I've heard a lot of black NFL coaches talk about this. A lot of people say, Oh, How do you feel being an African-American head coach? This, that, and the other. They're like, how about it? I'm just a coach. I'm an American coach. Yeah. The media tries to portray it in the light of race. Not even fucking time, dude. Not
0: not even just guys like Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Like, not even him, but like, even sitting there on Oprah. Raven-Symoné. We grew up watching that. So, raven exactly One of the best Disney Channel shows probably ever. I agree. And they were like, Talking about Raven's skin color as an American, she goes instead of calling me like an African American, why well, don't she just call me an American?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I watch this, and I'm someone whom, if you were to talk to us, 15 years ago, my opinions would have been way different. Mm-hmm. I actually probably would have thought less of Raven Simone saying that. Exactly. And you grow up a little bit, and I, I mean, one of my fraternity brothers in Springfield, he's a Latino. And he was one of the most conservative people I ever met in my life. And I think I said one of the worst things possible. I'm like, I, I don't understand how you can be a Latino and be a conservative. And I think, and in retrospect, that just hit me recently. I'm like, that was one of the most awful things I could have ever said. Mm-hmm. It's that ability for me, and I'm definitely co-signing what you said. It's that ability for me to see things as they are versus how I feel. Exactly. I don't think a lot of people are able to delineate between the two.
1: No, and that's the fucking problem, dude. I feel as if I am good at that. We definitely know you're good at that. And to go back to what you said, that's what making you a personality and what you're doing as far as political events and just everyday topics like that. That's the beauty of it.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. People vibe with that. More people are coming around to that. They need to. And that more people like you are coming out about it. Right.
0: Milk Toast Fence Sitter, just a guy with a microphone on the internet. Amen. God bless. Me and Tim Poole. Which reminds me, Tim, I want to be on your show someday. I see you at all your live events in Miami. When are you going to come on my show? Probably never. <laughs> what I wouldn't give. That's a guy who inspires me to do what I do. But Why? Um, Because he is the the prototype of guy on internet with microphone who actually has the real life experience to comment on these things. Tim pool was a guy who one of the first vice news hires. It's funny because we were in journalism during the, the, the wall street occupier, Mm -hmm. the wall street occupation. Okay. He was covering that. Oh, live streaming it in like 2010. Damn. And like, now this guy has his own independent media company, which is effectively like the most potential realized version of what I do with my business. Yeah. And so he sits down with awesome people all the time. I saw him live in Miami with Patrick bet, David James O'Keefe, the third, and and a few other really cool people, but it doesn't have to be anything complicated. It's just commenting on world events and just trying to be like, honest about things. There's how people feel and there's how things are. And I, that's something that Andy has given us in a very real dosage. Like fuck. Yeah, dude, you can be pro American without being a concert without being a Republican. is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Hell yeah. Listen, I don't think either one of us would ever call himself a Republican.
1: No. 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 Pro-American, though. You know what I care about? Cheap taxes. Private property. Private property. Good economy.
0: Mm-hmm. America.
1: America. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, man. Freedom of speech. Uh uh-huh. Well, yeah, absolutely. That goes without saying. I mean, I think, honestly, I think one of our biggest problems is age. You got some old motherfuckers in Congress. Yeah. How old were our founding fathers?
0: Oh, uh, 20s. 20s.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Early to mid-20s. A little reckless?
1: Sure. Hell yes. But it created this, right?
0: Yeah, we're doing a good job fucking it all up. Well, absolutely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're doing our best, you and I. We are.
0: We are. We're getting there. If you had a piece of advice for someone in your industry, no matter where they are, based on your experiences, based on some of the things you feel you've done right, what would that piece of advice
1: be? Mm. A piece of advice... From one big Jim Frisella. <laughs> answer your phone.
0: Ooh, That's ooh! That, I feel seen because my shit's always on. Do not disturb.
1: Answer your phone. I get
0: back to you quickly, though.
1: You do, you do. But when you're doing something, you're actually doing something. Most people. But as simple as that, I, I don't. This is why I don't have an Apple Watch. I don't do this shit. Mm. Should be on. That's That's all good. However, oh, wow. Mm. What a piece of shit I am. Mm. Can't answer my phone. That's God testing you. That is God testing me. Ah! Son of a bitch.
0: (sighs) Well, is it a work thing? (sighs) It's Jimmy Brockman.
1: Oh, Jimmy. What's going on? Sorry, Jimmy. A little busy right now. How are you doing, bud? But no, I mean, answer your phone, charge a price. That's fair. And communicate well and stick to your plan. Also, never undercut your own abilities. Yeah. If you think you can, you can. I'm guilty of that. We all are. I'm a little too humble in certain capacities. Oh, me too. That's why it, I often don't like talking about contracting, even though I've done it for five years. There's someone better than me, and I can name a Tons of companies in St. Louis area that are better than me, but that's not a knock on my own abilities.
0: It's being humble. Yeah, it's humility. I mean,
1: so when you ask what's the future old, I don't know, but you know it's it's gonna be fun, and man, mm. shout out K build. Want to be like you. Yeah, they're doing some crazy shit. Fuck yeah, they are, dude. It's
0: like if you and I did the fusion dance, you get them. We're about the same height, about the same size. Yeah. yeah. That's all the qualifications to do the fusion dance. You have to be similar people. Goten and Trunks made Gotenks. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you?
1: Oh, Dragon Ball Z? Yes. Yes, Thank God.
0: You just saved yourself a whole bunch of just flames that were about to come your way, bro. I do. Okay. Well tis customary on my show before we get out of here i always let my guest ask me a question and it could be anything it could be literally anything it could be about business it could be about entrepreneurship it could be about my past it could be about advice it could be about politics and current events this said matthew what would you
2: like to ask me
1: oh man i could ask
2: you a lot of shit bud (laughs) What's your
1: plan plan? Simple as that span of years or like the grand scheme of things. Simple as that. What's your plan? Take it whatever direction you want. Mm.
0: Okay. I I think this is, I think I'm going to keep it uh, broad and generalized. So for me, I'm in a place where in the last year of entrepreneurship, I've realized how much freedom I really have. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. Absolutely. It's so great. But I've also learned that much like through Andy's teaching, there's times to plant, there's times to harvest. Mm -hmm. So I'm still in planting season right now. And the planting season protocol is cut expenses, pay back debts, and really start to move forward into a position where I have things that make me uncomfortable yet force me to grow. And so I've talked about on my YouTube channel for my 75 hard project, which I'll be commenting on That's I finished the program, the 75 day portion, but as far as producing videos for it, daddy needs help that daddy doesn't have right now. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, the thing that I want to do that I've mentioned before is that I really do want to move to Florida at some point. I have a lot of friends in the West Palm Beach area. I love everything about it. It forces me to grow. It forces me to get uncomfortable. It is a place that I like how it's run. It is a place that does not have seasons. Uh, and as far as starting businesses, fucking hot. It's I mean, you know me. I like I hate the cold. Yeah, I true. love the hot. I always have. I would like to really relocate down there and really start to build the next leg of my business mm-hmm. as far as helping people with media. But it's also because for me being around the live music, being around the EDM scene and the dance music scene Not only are there people there that I help with the industries that they specialize in, like you do with contracting, but that's a whole thing unto itself Mm -hmm. that I want to be around. And I want to surround myself with while I continue to build this, Mm -hmm. because South Florida is also home to people like PBD, Patrick Bet David and everything that he does with value attainment. That's the kind of stuff I want to be close to. And I know that I can attract way more people to sit down with and have conversations and build out the next leg of my media company. In a place like that. Fuck yeah. And ideally what I want to do is I want to get into a leg where in the future I am creating jobs for people where you hopefully know. it's in my own independent media ventures though. Right. Where I do think that blogging and reporting on the news and current events and trying to talk to big personalities, guys like Ben Shapiro really do inspire me. Tim Pool, Patrick, bet David, they all have their podcasts, Andy. but. Mm-hmm as I said with Dave Hurt on his podcast last week, which check out the free mind project. If you like what I talk about with politics and current events, you got to check out my man, Dave Hurt. Also someone from the first form leg of things. Yep. Corporate media is dying. People need independent voices that they can relate to. And I don't think I'll ever run for office because number one convicted felon, even if I get stricken for my record, I don't want to be a politician. Right. But I think truly realizing that kid inside of me from journalism who wants to expose the truth and who wants to bring people together and who wants mm-hmm. to inspire people to do great things. I think in the most broad sense, that's what the plan is. I love it. That's satisfactory. Oh
1: yeah. Well, one more thing. I don't know. What, uh, what do you think about that Russian conversation? With, with, uh, with Tuck? Mm-hmm. Oh, I commented on that. I applaud Tucker
0: for doing it. He looked like he he was zinned out of his mind. Fuck yeah, he did. Fuck yeah, he did. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell me about Russia's history? Are you going to tell me about you invading Ukraine? I'm Tucker Carlson. He
1: went fucking hard on me. I'm like, he's (laughs) going to get shot right now. I'm like, he didn't.
0: The European Union threatened him more than Putin did. That's true. Uh, Tucker is one of the last great American journalists. Whether you're a conservative or not, the dude has balls to fight back against the the network that he put at number one for multiple years like fox news was something with him and is nothing without him Facts. i agree he has the balls to go talk to vladimir putin understanding that the double jeopardy the double standard that exists in our liberal elite media Mm -hmm. will eat him alive but you know what fox news fired him because he covered certain topics to the capacity he did and him on twitter him on x is doing more for exposing the truth Guys like Tucker Carlson and even Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. It's funny. The guys who talk about topics that are sensitive,
1: they always get the most trash of their oh, name yeah, run do.
0: through the media about them. Oh,
1: yeah, of course. You know? Because the people who are fucking talking all the trash and everything, don't want them to say anything about them.
0: I will likely be one of those people. And I know that there is so much trouble to be seen and talked about in the future, but you are not going to figure out who you can be in light of it. If you hide
1: from it. Oh, that is no doubt.
0: People need to accept who they are, but they also don't need to accept who they can become. Thousand percent. Who you are is not who you have to be. And you and I are both glowing examples mm-hmm. of that. Exactly. My friend, where can people find you? Plug your stuff. Tell them where, to, uh, tell them where to find white river.
1: Hit me up on Instagram. Matt T vote. All one word. Yes, sir. And then follow me on White River Contracting on Instagram, Facebook, and everything in between.
0: Buddy, thank you for being here. Thank you for being my friend. Always a pleasure. A fixture in my life for two decades. Guys, this is a good dude. This is someone who has helped me find myself and who I think, in terms of the blue-collar spirit, I can't think of a better example of a guy who works hard, who does the right thing for people, who admits his faults, and who is... I'm, I'm excited to see grow this podcast, all my projects, this house, my career at First Form, my relationship with everyone there. They are not possible without this guy. And so support him, support his businesses, check him out on Instagram. I'll be helping him out with more and more of his social media content um, and do what you can to support small business, because as our economy goes down the shitter right now, Go into these big box chains, go into the people whose kids you'll never meet, who are not from your neighborhood, who have a corporate office somewhere, probably in a place that will never touch your hometown. Supporting businesses like his and like the people who come out of that chain of Andy's apprenticeship. It means more to me. That's what this podcast is all about, y'all. Yep. With that being said, if you got something out of this episode, if you made it all the way through, do me a favor, leave a rating, leave a thumbs up, leave a comment tell someone about it leave a review on apple podcast or spotify podcast whatever you can do to get the word out we're very appreciative for that word so thank you for joining us and I'll see you next time